to go before we get to the granny and it's really shaping up to be uh, one hell of a cap to one hell of a season the finals so far have been fantastic they really lived up to the hype and the expectations brought along by what was the regular season I mean nothing's changed if anything it's only gotten crazier we've gone some one-point games I mean two one-point games which we were streaming for so go ahead and make sure to check us out for that we'll be live for the um, Port Adelaide and the doggies here um, coming up this weekend uh, so go on over to twitch TV slash fourth and long radio but there's my plug uh, it's a good time there um, but the week one of finals and then the semifinals Lot of stuff going on, especially off the field as well, with looking like Lockie Neal. Does he want to go? Maybe. Yes. Now we're not sure. It's all changing over just the span of a day. So this is fun. Ross Lyon doesn't go through with Carlton here. Um, and then we're going to take a look at the preliminary finals. Uh, take a look at who uh, the top four teams left are. Who's the scariest team? And of course, who's going to be moving on to the grand final. But, of course, I'm your host, Ross Andrew, alongside by the fourth long game, Paul Correspondent, Coach Donnie Hassan. Coach, how are we feeling with only one round to go before the grand final? Oh, this is this is getting to the point where it starts to almost get kind of sad. There's three footy games left in the season. Uh, don't, three. don't talk about that, that damn it. Is, <laughs> that is it. But, but to be honest, these first two weeks of finals have been absolutely cracking. As Ross said, both the two games that we have streamed, both the two games that we have watched have come down to one point thriller. So if I'm a Port Adelaide and Western Bulldogs fan, I'm not sure if I should be super excited because I know the game's <laughs> going to be close or super angry because we know it's going to be a one point win potentially. So I'm looking forward to it. Let's, let's look at these games because there've been some fascinating results uh, over these previous two weeks. Oh yeah. Well, First off, of course, thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Hope you've been enjoying the finals just as much as we have. And if you need to check up on anything related to the AFL from us here at 4th and Long, go on over to the4thandlong.com slash AFL. But let's get things started with the first game. Let's take a look at the, the week one of finals. Then we're going to move into uh, the semifinals. Guys, we got to see how we got here. But, of course, that first game was Port Adelaide and the Geelong Cats in the I know Port ended up winning by 43, but this game really, it, it, when watching it, it didn't feel like a 43-point margin. It felt like it should have been more by Port Alley, if I'm if I'm being honest here. Because, I mean, Geelong looks so, they look sloppy, and Port Alley looked like the team that Donnie thinks is going to win the grand final, ultimately. And so, it was a really great performance by Port Alley to really... It, 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 it kind of shut a lot of people up, if we're being honest. A lot of people hesitant, me included, on Port Adelaide this regular season. Then we got to see if they could perform come finals. And uh, even though there wasn't a bye week for the Geelong Cats, it's another 
opening round where they lose and they haven't been great historically, but I mean, we saw weapons in the second round. That's why they turned things on. But Donnie, what did you think about this one here? Oh, this was a cracking game of footy, but it, this was the Port Adelaide that, as I said in the preview show of the finals, I said, this is the Port Adelaide I thought we could potentially see. Mm-hmm. Healthy, solid, quick, goal-scoring, great defensive team that has everything that you need to win a grand final, and they showed it. We'll have to see if that steps up in the next game, considering with this win, they jump all the way to the preliminary finals and didn't have to play last week, but... Man, this was this was the Port Adelaide team that I thought we could potentially see in the finals, and um, I'm gonna pat myself on the back on that one. <laughs> uh, that's a good one there, Tony. One hell of a tip, and uh, let's talk about the game that we did stream for a week one, uh, week one of the finals. That was the third rendition of the Sydney Derby in 2021. And man, this game was just as good as the previous two have been. This was my favorite game of the round. It was a, just a really damn good, really damn fun game. We uh, live stream. We had the uh, the buddy one thousand goal counter going. We got dangerously close there. It looked especially early, like he was going. He might be able to score eight goals and, and actually reach a thousand. Um, but it was him. It was Isaac Heaney. They combined for seven in this one. But that was just barely not enough as GWS takes this game by one point on the back by solid games by Toronto, by Toby Green, by by Mumford, um, everyone contributing there. It was a really just all-around good game. And Sydney, they kicked, what was it, like six um, behinds to, to close out the game? It was seven. Two-seven. Seven. They scored two goals, seven in the fourth quarter, which, yeah. I mean. And I to be was compl- crapping my pants in that fourth quarter. Oh, it's so bad. Oh, watch, rewatching the stream was hilarious because you could tell the agony because we had my, we had my buddy Brad, who's also a Roosters player, who's also a huge Swans fan, join in by then onto the live stream and just the agony each time that the 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 the, the, the behinds went through and we were a point closer. But you could just, you, it was so like agonizing there at the end. But I mean, all, all due respect, GWS won this game because of the second quarter. They got out to a nice lead and they held it the rest of the game. And mm-hmm. Sydney had a chance to win it. But if if you really look at it, Sydney lost the game because late in the game, Buddy Franklin, Sam Wicks, um, James Bell all had chances to win the game and all behind. picked behind. So it, it's, it, as as crazy as this season was for the Swans, and I think a lot of Swanies fans that are through communications, they're they're proud, but it's a bitter taste at the end to lose that way by one point to your bitter rivals in a game that you had in the fourth quarter. You just didn't finish, and you, you can't kick goals. You can't win footy games. At least it was a damn good game by either team. Um, I was I had Sydney in that one, so I was surprised that they went in the first round, but uh, it was nice to be able to see my GW Trans uh, get their first finals win uh, of me being a fan of the AFL. So, got that going for me, at least. Uh, but the last two games were some ones that were kind of um, it, that were really interesting for their own reasons. I mean, with Melbourne Brisbane, it was where all... I mean, at least the talk for me, a lot of people around the, the community was... Can Melbourne's defense hold up against this Brisbane offense that's been high-powered, that's looking really good going to finals? And Melbourne's defense has been a little bit lackluster, and that's what they pride themselves on this season. And their offense wasn't really there as well. But what you say, we go out, um, not only do they hold the, the Lions to 60, 
but the Dees also put up 93 of their own points, and they looked really solid and absolutely scary, and they looked like that they scored the most amount of points, or uh, that they got the most amount of points and finished atop the, the ladder this season. And then with the Western Bulldogs and the Eston Bombers, I was a bit disappointed by by Eston's effort, uh, to be honest. I mean, I know things yeah, the finals are completely different for the regular season, but this was just one hell of a way to end it because, I mean, it was a really solid first half by the team, but then Eston becomes the first team in 56 years to not score a goal in a half of a finals game. And obviously, that's not very good. Uh, this was just... Uh, both of these two games were games where... I think a lot of people gave the underdog team a lot of credit, but the but the experienced, higher-ranked teams ended up getting the win. I mean, it doesn't help. Brisbane loses McStay early in the game to a concussion and a broken nose, and that really hurt because I think McStay kind of rounds out that front three, front four for the Brisbane Lions with Lincoln, McCarthy, Cameron, and Danaher. And hit, losing him kind of – it threw the Brisbane Lions offense off most of that game. So that was one of those – Melbourne got a gift with McStay going out because it was one less headache they had to worry about, which only made their defense that much better. And then with Essendon, it was the first 10 minutes of the game. Essendon was up and about. They, they, were, they were getting after it. But the Duggies just – did what they needed to do. It was an ugly, sloppy game in some in kind of horrible weather conditions. Launceston was not as nice to to the doggies Essendon game as it was the 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 Sydney Derby the the day before. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a lot different game. And eighty five points in wet weather footy is pretty impressive by the Western Bulldogs. But it, it, again, a lot, like, a lot like Sydney Essendon, it's it's the bitter pill to swallow after a good season, after a surprisingly good season for a lot of people. But there's still a lot of positive things to go out. But Dougies with a big, massive win there. They they keep themselves in the finals and they set themselves up for a for a semifinal against Brisbane that a lot of people were quite intrigued with. Mm-hmm. I mean, us included, which is. One of the reasons that we ha- that we had to stream it. Also, it's totally not because <laughs> I'm at work for for the Friday uh, night games for you guys. But you know, it's what it is. Oh man! But let's roll into the uh, the uh, semifinals here. That first game was a rematch of something that happened about uh, you know like six or so weeks ago at this point, and that was the Geelong Cats and the GWS Giants. If you remember, in that game, the Giants pr- they got out to a really solid league over the Cats. They kind of let the Cats get back in the game, but ultimately they won the game feeling really good about themselves and by a decent margin. This game was not that game. Uh, (laughs) It was, I mean, a depleted GWS team just didn't really seem like it was able to hold hold up to the savvy uh, Geelong Cats, those veterans, those battle-tested guys, and just a really good team are the Geelong Cats, especially kind of like I said earlier, in the second round of the playoffs. Once again, they get another win there. And it doesn't help when you got that bad man, Tommy Hawkins, uh, coming into form just in time for the finals. And he kicks five in this one. Uh, poor Tim Taranto just uh, wasn't able to stop him. And also, they just couldn't get him any help. Um, but at least if you look for GWS, this was a... They made it a lot farther than a lot of people thought they would. Especially, I mean, me included. Especially after that just really, really abysmal start to the season. We went from... Tried to say, oh, is uh, Leon Cameron going to be fired? Should he be fired? Two. Hey, Leon Cameron. Coach of the year, maybe? 
So, I mean, the, the, the team really turned themselves around this year. They showed grit. They showed, tough, they showed toughness. And in the fourth quarter, it's not like they gave up on this game. You saw them fighting and scrapping the whole way. So I thought, although it was in a loss, this was still a really good season, all things considered, especially what happened in the beginning. Yeah, this was a game where I... I felt bad for GWS. I really, really did because this was not the GWS from the previous week. Toby Green goes out because of the brain fade that he has with, with umpire Matt Stevick. Let's not open up that can of worms because that's been talked to death and it is unnecessary to go back to. And then you lose Tom Green to a broken arm and you lose and you lose another player to a hamstring injury. I mean, this was a GWS team that was being held together with duct tape and stick uh, duct tape and spit. They were just so beat up. They were undermanned and they, they did the best that they possibly could. And as, as a lot of the, the, the coverages had said, Geelong was a team that plays better in that second game of the finals than they do the first almost every time. And it came true. Zach Tui comes in. Tom Stewart is almost forgotten about when it comes to it. Cause Tui goes for 31 disposals and loses his mind. and kind of goes haywire or, absolutely bananas on GWS. And I think that really helped change the game for Geelong. So this is a little bit more of the cats that we were expecting into the finals, but unfortunately their, their early round, their early round losses reared its head this year, but another bounce, a grid bounce back game here, which sets up for a very tantalizing semifinal um, preliminary final match with Melbourne. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. That's going to be a damn good one. And then of course the game that we streamed, the Brisbane Lions versus the Western Bulldogs. This is one of the best games of the season. And quite frankly, this is just one of the uh, best games that I've been able to watch as a fan. Because this game had everything. Had uh, really high scoring. or was a, um, really potent offenses early on. And then so down, we saw some solid defenses. We saw drama. We saw people go off with injuries. and saw that get, affect the game there. And we really saw, like, everything you want in a footy game, especially a one-point margin, we got that. And that was with a, a goal with, it was, like, about 45 seconds left in this one, too. So, really late in the game. So, this was fantastic. And it's ultimately the Doggies Mayfield and the offense just being a little bit too much uh, for that Brisbane team to handle. They dropped back-to-back games in the finals. You had Bailey Smith leading the Doggies with three. And then... You got to take a look at uh, what these, uh, I mean, are the Lions just having issues getting things done in September? We got to take a look at Chris Fagan. Now one in five in the finals. Uh, this was just a game where, again, the McStay injury really reared its ugly head in this one. But Cameron Danaher and the forward line did everything they possibly could to make up for that loss. And they played a really good game, but I think the Duggies are starting to kind of find the form that they had earlier in the year. I mean, Bailey Smith with with a great goal to to win the game and and just an incredible performance. The only thing that's that's a tiny bit scary for Duggies fans is Bontempelli left the game with an apparent injury. Everything that I'm hearing, the scans look good. They think he might be sore, but he should mm. still be able to go. the The part that's the most frustrating for Doggies fans is Cody Waitman is out. He, um, uh, concussion protocol has rolled him out. He will mm-hmm. not be able to play against Port, and that is a massive blow for that forward line because he had been playing so well this year. The doggies found a way to win, so it'll be interesting to see who they who they bring in 
is it a Jamal Ugal Hagen? Is it mm. is it a uh, is it a um, a veteran? Um, we'll have to see. It'll be fascinating. But if I'm a Dougies fan, I'm still slightly concerned because Cody Waitman is a big loss, especially going into a very hostile Adelaide to play Port Adelaide for a chance to go to the Granny. Right. Oh man, but everything going down here and Barnpelly looking like himself. Thank God he's going to be. Um, active this week too because the comp is just better with him but man what a matchup we get to look forward to with uh, possibly you know um, two Brownlow medal finalists you know maybe a couple of the favorites here be able to face off head to head oh man you mm -hmm. really just can't make that stuff up I mean with uh, Ollie Wines and, and Bont going at it that is going to be absolutely tremendous but before we get to our look at the preliminary finals, just kind of uh, talk a couple things here. Uh, kind of what I was saying in the beginning, this has just been an ever-evolving news story since it broke. But Lockie Neal reportedly asked for a trade out of Brisbane because, um, you know, um, family reasons, wants to be um, go back to Western Australia. So he's looking to go back to Fremantle. But now he's apparently the news command that is that he hasn't asked for a trade yet. But it's very likely they won't be surprised if he asks for a trade. He's not going to ask for a trade, but he's probably going to ask for a trade. Did I sum that up right? Oh, about as close as you possibly get, and it's probably <laughs> about as accurate as some of them get. So I, I, I know a lot of people. Like I, I reached out to Dockerman, I reached out to Gil Griffin, I reached out to several of my very well-known Frio fans mm -hmm. when I saw this headline. It says uh, Lockie Neal requests trade back to Fremantle. And I had to. I, I I wanted to know what they thought, so I reached out to all of them just just to kind of see. And and it was not exactly as joyous as I originally thought it would be. Like I thought they'd be they'd be out of their minds, excited. I mean, sit, chair is going to most likely go. Lockie Neal steps in. You you you'd think obvious upgrade, mm -hmm. and it wasn't met with as much joy as I probably expected. I now, again, it's, it's, You're right. it's fr Frio fans have, have become very pessimistic, which I completely understand the way that the last couple of seasons have gone and I don't begrudge them, but I do understand several of their arguments is they've got some nice picks going into this draft and they're going to have to trade probably at least pick six Mm -hmm. which they're going to get for Chera. They're going to have to at least trade that in the Lockie Neal trade, if not more, if they make the deal. So it's very, very interesting. But as far as I am aware, the, the last that I have I, I knew is, is, like I said, it, it hit. Lockie Neal requests trade, and it blew up. Every, every Australian mm -hmm. um, media everywhere. person that I follow was like, breaking news, yada, yada, yada. And then in the last 24 hours, it has severely and completely shifted from he wants out, he wants out of Fremantle. He wants to go back. He wants to go back to, they had his exit meeting and he hasn't asked for a trade. He doesn't want to go back as of now, but his wife would like to, his wife is, is, is pregnant with their child. And sounds like she wants to be closer to home with family back in Perth. So, there's a possibility that he may ask for a trade, but he hasn't specifically asked for it yet. And I think a lot of people assume it's Fremantle because there's no way West Coast is going to be able to trade for Lockheed Neal. It's just not possible. So free. But then there is the 
as I kind of said earlier, there's so many different variables on how these deals would happen because Chera wants to go back. Carlton seems to be the most likely landing spot for him, which will probably bring them pick six, if not maybe more. But is basically those two picks going to both be needed to bring in Lockie Neal? Mm-hmm. Which we don't know. We don't know how valuable Brisbane will look at it when it comes to true when it comes to trade fodder and what they're going to ask for. So there's still a lot of speculation on this. If you ask me right now, I still think it's way too early to go. But if his wife does, it will not shock me to see Lockie Neal in Frio. Mm-hmm in the purple and white come next year just because it will uncomplicate a lot of things but again this is not as cut and dry as i think some people would think i mean this isn't this isn't an nfl superstar like like tom brady saying i'd like to be trade i'd like to be traded to green bay mm-hmm. i mean it's it's not that it, it's not one of those where they're just going to welcome him in with open arms this is a eh, i'm not so sure about that which is I, I again, I actually respect it because it shows that they're not just thinking about next season. They're thinking yeah. about the future, which I, I really respect that because those two draft picks, six and eight, could be they could be game changers, especially it could be if you two locky Neils, you know. Well, it could be a locky Neil and it could be a lockdown defender or a or a fifty goal a game, a fifty goal a season. It's so horrified by Friel for not just like jumping the gun and saying yes, let's trade, let's get him back where it's. A- Hey, maybe we can take a look and see what's going to be there for us, you know, two, three, four years down the line, which is, I mean, that's what I think that's ultimately what you want to see as a fan. There's something to winning now, but there's also something to screwing over your team now. Uh, and then, and then, um, I mean, who knows if Lockheed well, actually works out the way everyone wants him to. I'm, I'm not sure if it would screw over your team. It might change the dynamic of your team because you do have Dave Mundy. You have Nat Fife. You have Caleb Sarong. You have Brayshaw. It's not like your midfield is hurting at Frio. But if you bring in a Lockie Neal, who has to move? I mean, do you move Nat Fife forward? Which mm. I honestly, if this move happens for me, my ultimate outcome, I move Nat Fife forward forward to the center half forward or full forward line and move Tabana up to the center half forward because I think then that way you protect Fife. Fife can maybe drift into the middle occasionally, a lot like Dusty. Start in the middle and then shift forward and then switch a a mid-forward into the midfield during the majority of play that way fife isn't always in the guts of the con of the of the contests he's more forward so you can use his skill there the only issue as we've kind of noted over this last season is his goal kicking has been how to say this nicely um <laughs> atrocious okay we'll, we'll say it we'll just go out and say it sorry for your fans it's the truth his, his goal kicking has been atrocious from set shots so mm-hmm. is it dave mundy that you move forward is dave mundy go to the center half back line maybe and where you use his talent and his skill with the footy at that center half back position, which a lot of teams now are using as their slingshot areas up the field. So there's a lot of different kind of ways they could go, but it's mm-hmm. how to make him a big impact player. If he does come and not upset the apple cart with the young talent and the guys that are there is the mm-hmm. biggest question that uh law coach Longmuir would have to figure out if they do find a way to bring Lockie Neal in. Very good point there. Then going from Frio, let's talk a little bit of Carlton stuff here. So Ross Lyon, oh, uh, I mean, we all thought he was going to be the next head coach of the Carlton Blues. 
after we all thought he was going to be the next head coach of the Columbia Magpies, and now he's not going to be the next head coach of either team. Because he pulled out and says, essentially, hey, I don't want to be the coach of here anymore. So, who's Carlson going to hire? Will Ross Lyon return next season? And uh, should they be sending David Teague a heartfelt apology at this point? Oh, I love I love that you went there because honestly, that's I, I've I've seen a few I've seen a few people that have actually brought that brought that particular topic up. So, so the reason Ross, a lot of people a lot of people may not know this, but the reason Ross Lyon dropped out is is not because he didn't want to coach it. It's because Carlton committed to as they've been call, commenting a lot, like the Philadelphia 76ers, the process. And unfortunately, when you've got an experienced veteran coach like Ross Lyon, he didn't want to deal with that. He didn't want to deal with it. He wants interview me. If I'm it, give me the job. Don't let me drag me around here with two or three other people. And I completely understand that because he's not a rookie coach that he's been through St. Kilda and Frio. He's done it. He knows what he's talking about. So you don't want to, I mean, pardon the, pardon me here. You don't want to jerk the guy around. So I understand why he, he basically said, yeah, I'm out. I'm, I'm done. And so Carlton really, now they're stuck with this problem of because they want to do this process, the best candidate, the candidate everybody said is going to be Carlton's next head coach is gone. Mm-hmm. And now you go to, well, who's left? And uh, again, as we said, Dave T got fired because I think a lot of people thought Alistair Clarkson, Ross Lyon, those two, one of those two will get the job. Yep. No way. Neither of them have. They've both pulled out. Ross Lyon, Ross Lyon didn't want to go through the process. Alistair Clarkson says, I am taking next year off. No matter what, mm-hmm. leave me alone. Now Carlton's standing here. No Lyon, no Teague, no Clarkson, no coach. And they have now found a way somehow, some way, Carlton and Collingwood continue to find a way to try to outdo each other on who can stuff up more. It's quite in amazing, last, actually. It's it, almost it, remarkable and impressive. And, and for clubs that have so much lineage and years, Collingwood actually, Carlton has made Collingwood look like geniuses at this point. They they fire Buckley and everybody, and they fire Buckley after the disastrous offseason last year, which again is being compounded this year by finishing second to last. And now GWS gets their pick due to an early trade. Um, but Carlton has now found a way to leapfrog Collingwood on stuffing up and and getting bigger and bigger stuff ups because. Mm-hmm. They didn't fire Teague, and everybody was making a big deal. Well, if they're going to bring in Clarkson or Lyon, why are they keeping Teague? Why is Teague doing exit interviews? Less than 48 hours later, Teague has been sacked. Okay, well, now Ross Lyon and Alistair Clarkson. 24 hours later, Alistair Clarkson says, nope, I'm taking next year off. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And then it became Alistair, Then it became Ross Lyon. Well, then over the next 72 hours, half the board doesn't like Ross Lyon because of everything that went down at Frio. There's, there's a split. The new president wants him, but there's not really sure. The new president still wants Alistair Clarkson. Yeah, and just an absolute shitstorm. And I, then, I, yeah, I think boom. one thing safe to say here is that nothing is going right for Carlton and their head coach search. The, the only thing, the only thing that I think is somewhat of a shining light is they still have a pretty good list when it comes to talent, but it's, 
who are they going to get to coach? Most of the assistant, most of the assistant coaches that they're looking at aren't available because they're still coaching in the finals. Mm-hmm. Don Pike at Sydney has pulled out of all coaching. He loves what he's doing at Sydney. Wants to stay there, which I, as a Sydney fan, I'm over the moon for, for what his impact that he made at Sydney. So when he was being talked as being the Carlton coach, Collingwood coach, uh, a lot of Sydney fans were like, Oh no, Oh no, Oh no. But when he pulled out of that particular job, I think a lot of, a lot of people were super excited about that, but this is, it, it's just been such a carousel of mismanagement that I don't know who Carlton's going to get. That's going to be able to fix this as quickly as I think Carlton think they would need to fix it. So it's, it's going to be a long off season for the baggy blues. If, if they cannot find somebody to take over this job, that's a veteran coach that's willing to go through a process. Mm-hmm. It's been a tough last couple seasons uh, to be a blues fan. And hopefully for their sake, their suffering will uh, come to end soon here, but let's, uh, let's uh, wrap things up. Kind of take a look at the preliminary finals. First off, want to uh, rank the last four teams. Who's the scariest team of them? And, of course, give our tips for this round. But I'm thinking here that based off their performances, obviously we only have to base uh, some of them off of what we saw in round uh, in the week one of the finals and then what we saw in um, ME sub one and um, then the second round here. But the first team that I'm going to put, or I'll, let's start from four to one. Four. The Geelong Cats, and obviously it's not because any of these teams are bad. They're all great teams. That's why they're the last four teams remaining. But uh, I just feel like Geelong has the best potential to be to, to, to kind of lay a stinker, if I'm being honest, when it comes to these last uh, possible couple games here. Um, next up, I have the Western Bulldogs, who have uh, definitely taken back the reins on their season. They finished uh, very poorly. But now they look as good as ever and as dry as they ever did during the regular season. So they're right there. Of course, Donnie's contending team, his pick for the for the granny. I got Port Adelaide coming in number two because your offense is solid. The midfield looks very well-rounded and their defense is there to, to be able to back them up. But given what we saw from Melbourne in the round one of the finals this season, with they, they just shut down every question that someone could have for them. And they look like that team with that shutdown, with that lockdown defense. And they even had the offense to boot. So if they're able to keep it up, they're going to be running away with this grand final, essentially. With a defense like that, with an offense like that, it's very, very hard to compete with. And they're looking the best right now, Donnie. But ultimately, i got to say that the Western Bulldogs are the scariest team of the comp. Oh boy, an, an interesting, interesting group there. So here's here's my four strong, uh, weakest to strongest, four to one, and then my scariest team. Number four, I have the Western Bulldogs. I think the Cody Waitman injury is going to affect him in this round. I think they are the most they are the most vulnerable team mm. of the two lower seeds of, of between them and the Cats. Uh, that's vulnerable going in to this uh, preliminary final round. I have the Cats number three. I, the Tom Stewart injury, I think, may become a glaring omission injury here against Melbourne because of the height and ability of of some of the forward line of the D's. But mm-hmm. I, I will caveat this: if the D's play 
better than they did last time. I don't think it'll be as interesting a game this week, but the cats know they dominated the last time these two teams played and they let it slip. Mm -hmm. Will they make an adjustment? How will they make an adjustment? So on and so forth. I have the D's at two because again, they have the tougher matchup of the two in this round. By by I, I go by the cats are more dangerous than the doggies just by mm-hmm. looking at it by by form by what they're bringing in by lack of injuries everything like that and the fact that the cats nearly beat the D's just a few short weeks ago yeah. around twenty three three weeks ago so the D's do the D's come out and play better if they mm-hmm. do I think they win I think they win this game they get themselves to the granny for sure. But the cats are never easy. Chris Scott always gets them up. We'll have to see this is out in Perth. So it'll be fascinating to see what's the fan differentiation. How many D's, oh, how many man, cats I'm excited supporters. for the news coming out with the tickets where it's going to be. It's sold packed. out. Oh man. It's sold so good. Out. I'm so excited for the atmosphere sold out off the stadium it, it, for a preliminary final. And a, fr- and a Friday night game is going to be absolutely oh, magnificent. And then I number one, I have Port because that that last round performance mm-hmm. again, that last round performance against these cats was spectacular. Yes, that was. was the Port I expected. That was the Port I saw from last year. That was the mm-hmm. Port that, as I said in the preview show, if they play their best footy, they are darn near impossible to stop offensively and defensively with Alira Lear and Houston and McKenzie. They are hard to score on too. They're going to be very, very good. And no Cody Waitman, a Bontempelli that could not be 100%. They have a very good shot of knocking the doggy of knocking the doggies off and getting to a granny in Perth. And if, and if Orazio Fantasia is healthy, they are fully healthy because it sounds like Georgiati should be back. They're yeah. going to be full strength going into this game. Scary that is a defense, scary man. proposition, so which scary. transitions to my scariest team because I think it's the Port Adelaide mm. power because they're healthy. If you really look at it, Dougie's Cody Waitman's injured. Geelong Cats, Tom Stewart's out. The D's, they're relatively healthy, but they've been unimpressive at times mm-hmm. forward of the footy. Port Adelaide is playing the best footy of these four right now. Port Adelaide is playing the best footy from the previous few rounds in and the previous rounds in the, in the, the home and away. So I think the scariest team and the best team is the Port Adelaide power, not only because of the great, great matchup at the Western Bulldogs, but they could be humming going into that grand final, even with a week off. It's going to be damn good. So Tani, why don't we just get to the tipping already with this, man? And this is this is a tough one, to be honest, because, I mean, you want – I almost want to pick the top seeds, but also the, the bottom seeds are very, very good. And it really could go either way here. Uh, I think with the first one, though, Melbourne and Geelong, I will go with the Ds. Uh, I think they will be able to do a lot better job stopping Tom Hawkins or at least slowing him down. Slowing down uh, um, Cameron there, and then uh, I mean maybe even limiting uh, Patrick Dangerfield a little bit. If their defense is able to play uh, and they don't give up another five goals to Tom Hawkins like what GWS did, they are very well in this game. Um, and we'll see. Jilonga, not sure if they're. Uh, I mean, if, if Melbourne's offense could play, I know Brisbane is known for their defense, but if Melbourne's offense is able to keep that momentum going, it's going to be a very tough game for the Cats. But if anyone could do it, I mean, the Cats could easily make it back to the grand final this year. I'll just go with the Ds. 
I'm going to tip the D's, but this is the matchup that's the hardest to tip because I don't know what Cats team is going to show. If it's the Cats team from that round, from the round 23 game, the D's are going to have a long night. It's not going to be easy. I think May gets the matchup against Hawkins, but the question is, who does Lever get? Does Lever take Cameron? I don't think so because Cameron's going to drift in and out. He's not going to let Lever be able to sit back and take intercept marks. I think Lever, honestly, I think Lever takes a Rowan or a Garen Myers where he can he can let them go up to the footy if they want to, and he can sit back in the hole and play intercept marker, which is what he's going to do. If you're Coach Scott, you have to match up, try to get Lever on uh, on a Cameron. On uh, and if Gary Rowan's on it, Rowan's got to be away from the footy or don't dive towards the contest to let Lever be able to sit off and get intercept marks. I'm going to tip the D's on this one, but this is this is the hardest one of the two, in my personal opinion, because if the Cats on their day can beat the D's, I think they have the offensive firepower to be able to score, especially with Cameron's ability to kind of be a pain. And I think Hawkins and May is going to be a heavyweight Hawkins and May is going to be like a heavyweight fight. I mean, the, I mean, it, it is an absolute going to be a slugfest between those two, and especially in a preliminary final with a chance to get to a granny. That one's going to be an incredible, incredible matchup. I'm going to tip the D, but the Cats, I, I give, I give them a nod that there's a really good opportunity for the Cats here to get to another granny. Now, with uh, Port Adelaide and the Western Bulldogs, of course, we'll be streaming this game, so make sure to go on over to twitch.tv forward slash fourth and long radio. Go ahead, follow, so we're ready for that stream. Come Saturday. But, man, uh, honestly, I- I'm going to tip Port Adelaide here because they-, they are the better team right now. They should be the better team. They should be able to win this game. But also, just given what I've seen from the Western Bulldogs the last couple of rounds, they scare me. Because they almost just keep on trying to almost exceed expectations. Their defense has looked has looked good, and their offense is been able to. I mean, they were able to outperform that Brisbane Lions team that who we all thought had the best offense, or at least a lot of us thought had the best offense at the comp, um, or at least the best offense remaining here. But like you like for all your points, Donnie, kind of what we were talking about earlier, Port Allen is playing their best footy all season long. Probably their best footy of the last handful of years as well. They've never looked better. And like you said, they are healthy. So let's go Port Allen. But man, the doggies, they scare the hell out of me in this one. Oh, I'm I mean, I, I didn't come up with all those points to tip the doggies. I I know Frode, I'm sorry, but I'm gonna tip the Port Adelaide power on this one. I think Cody Waitman is a massive I think Cody Waitman is a massive injury in this. Mm-hmm. The travel for the dogs, having to travel from to, to travel to the GABA from Launceston to the GABA and now to Port Adelaide to play Port Adelaide at home, who've been sleeping in their own beds. They've had a week of rest. The only thing here, and it's the same thing with the Cats in Melbourne, the first 10 minutes, keep an eye on this game. Because if the Cats and the Dogs can get a lead early, get ahead, will we see the D's in the Port Adelaide Power press because they've been rusty because they haven't played for a week? This is the scary game sometimes for the top two seats because you have a team that's been playing. They know it. So the first 10 minutes, they're going to be up and about because they're going to have the energy. They've, they'll have been played. They have been training. They have, they're much more game ready now. But then it comes to the fourth quarter, and that's when the rest sometimes rears its ugly head because these teams that have played an extra game, that's when it shows there. So the first 10 minutes – 
for both of these games. And then the fourth quarter is really going to determine, I think Port being at home with the Port Adelaide fans, that's a very, very difficult, um, that's going to be very difficult for the doggies to get by. And with the loss of Cody Waitman, this becomes a Herculean effort, even if Bont was fully healthy. And with Bont potentially carrying a little bit of a niggle, I'm I'm really worried the doggies are just going to fall a tiny bit short, which is mm-hmm. kind of sad for how good they've been most of this season. Yeah. Matt, all this is, so we're both expecting a Melbourne Demons Port Adelaide Power Final. If that does happen, top one and two teams in the league from uh, from our position. Oh boy, that is going to be some damn good footy. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us here. Uh, of course, with uh, the finals being as they are, we didn't uh, drop a show last round. Um, we're not going to drop a show for the one for the prelims, but we are going to get you one hell of a grand final preview with uh, hopefully some special guests. So we're getting everything ready. So stay tuned and I uh, hope you catch us this and- time. But yeah. And before and before we go off, we'll let everybody know to keep an eye on it for the grand final preview. Oh, I'm nice. going to do Coach Hess's all Australian team. And he's going to here's, right. here's the caveat: the players are going to be in the correct positions. So wingers mm-hmm. will be on this team. Forwards will be in forward positions, not midfielders, and defenders will be in defenders' positions. So please tune into that to see who I have tipped as my all Australian team. And the best part is by the time we talk to you guys again, the Brownlow medal will have been announced. Mark of the year, goal of the year, uh, will be announced so we can chat that too. So we're, we're hoping oh, yeah. to get a hold of our old buddy Brian Barish to be able to do that since we did it last year. I think it would be really appropriate to have another chat with him since he is one of the premier footy minds here in the yes, States. So hopefully we will have Brian Barris next week with us. And it's going to be a damn good time, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us here today. And Donnie, your thoughts on the finals so far in one word or phrase. Oh, the finals so far. Amazing. These, these finals have been amazing. Yes. There's yeah. been some blowouts. There've been some kind of, rotten games shall we say but two absolutely magnificent games that i'm hoping i'm hoping to keep the jinx alive that this game that we have streamed has been close it has been entertaining and it has been absolutely awesome to watch so i'm hoping that we are three for three in that and we get another one point thriller or three or five something less than a goal are always fun thrilling games i know the port adelaide and western bulldog fans are probably going no well maybe another one point game might be a little too much as but hey we'll see what we can get so of course like i said make sure to check out everything you need over at the fourth slash afl check us out on twitch uh, twitch.tv forward slash fourth and long radio and ladies and gentlemen we will catch you the week of the grand final stay tuned and check out the stream